0: Welcome to Canine Nation. It's Sunday, February tenth, twenty nineteen. This is episode one twenty three. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. This is Eric Brad. This week, I wanted to talk to you about perhaps the most foolish dog trainer I have ever known. And, of course, that would be me. Many years ago, when I was learning mark-and-reward training, I was struck by how important the skill of observation was to being successful at this kind of training. I worked hard at it, and many times I thought I was doing a great job. Looking back on those days, I'm actually quite surprised at all the many ways I've found to fool myself into thinking I saw something that wasn't actually there or not seeing something that actually was. Over the years, I've done some additional reading on human psychology, specifically the blind spots that we have in our thinking, even when we think we see everything that's in front of us. One book that I found very useful was by Malcolm Gladwell. It's called Blink. It's a fascinating look at just some of the ways that the way our brain functions can change our perception of events and even of time. I've learned over the years that even though I can make observation mistakes, some of them aren't necessarily my fault. At least, they're not my fault if I don't pay attention and watch that I don't make common mistakes so obviously I can talk myself into seeing or hearing things that aren't there. I wanted to tell you a little bit more about the travels of this foolish trainer, and I wrote it all down in this essay that I call How to Fool a Dog Trainer. My beautiful Belgian shepherd, Tira, was just over three years old. We had been training for dog agility for most of her life and were well on our way to our first championship title. On that Saturday morning, I confidently left her at the start line and walked up the line of four jumps that started the course. I stopped at the second jump and looked back to see if Tira was ready. Her eyes were intent and focused on me as her body tensed, waiting for my release cue. I smiled and said Okay. Tira took off like a shot, easily clearing the first jump to my right, and then the second at top speed. I moved to indicate the third jump and then stared in amazement as my dog gracefully arced left across my path and took the tunnel instead. We were faulted for an off course, so this would not be a qualifying run, but more importantly, as a trainer, I had no idea why she had turned left instead of following my clear instruction to take the jump ahead of us. We had a great time and finished that weekend with a handful of qualifying runs, But that particular unexpected turn into the tunnel continued to bother me. I had been fooled. Again. This wasn't the first time my dog had done something I didn't expect. Not by a long shot. From the time she was a puppy, there were many occasions where I thought I had carefully trained a behavior only to find that I had missed a step or hadn't accounted for something. A great example was when I was teaching my three-month-old tiramisu to spin in a circle, both clockwise and counterclockwise, and I had gotten to an advanced stage in the training where I was teaching her to do these behaviors on a verbal cue only with no physical prompting or cues from me at all. When I proudly decided to show my progress to my wife, she laughed and said, you're flicking your head in the direction you want. And you know what? I was. I had carefully laid out a training plan and worked diligently to teach each step to my eager puppy. Tira had learned all of it, even the head flick that I never intended to put there. Well, not quite all. We discovered that, with a little testing, Tira had not, in fact, learned the verbal cues at all, and she was only responding to my unintended head flicks. It turns out that I was so intent on achieving my training goals that I had fooled myself into seeing something that wasn't there at all. But I quickly learned that this was not the only way that I could fool myself while training my dogs. In their book, The Invisible Gorilla, researchers Christopher Chabris and Daniel Simons offer a fascinating look at human intuition and perception through scientific studies and real-world examples. The Invisible Gorilla video shows the effect of selective attention. If you would like to watch the video, you can search YouTube for Selective Attention Test and you'll find a video of the Invisible Gorilla test and other variations of that test of selective attention. Try it, it's fun. What these tests show is that we are so intent on looking for a particular thing in given situations that we can sometimes miss otherwise obvious aspects of the environment. We miss them because they were not the thing we were focused on. It's a kind of mental blind spot. And that's what happened with my training. I was so focused on watching to see if my dog was responding correctly to my verbal commands that I never realized that I was flicking my head. I'm keenly aware now that I can fool myself. I can see things that aren't there, and also not see things that are actually there just by focusing my attention differently. But what if I told you that sometimes I get some extra help in fooling myself? It seems that it's a very human tendency to want to believe things, especially if we learn them from people whose opinions we often agree with or trust. Confirmation bias is a kind of selective thinking that can lead to observing only the things we want to see, a kind of selective attention. When my Tira was about 8 months old, I made a slight change to my training. I train using rewards for the behaviors I want, and I let behavioral science and positive reinforcement do most of the work for me. I had read a few articles about no reward markers in training. It was a way to indicate to the dog that whatever they are doing now is not going to earn the reward. And if I combined that with my usual reward marker when Tira got it right, it was supposed to speed their learning by helping her eliminate the things that were not wanted. Fortunately, by this time, I had developed a habit of recording information about my training sessions. After only a week or two, I discovered that while I thought the addition of the no reward marker was helpful, The data that I was writing down showed something very different. Tira wasn't learning new behaviors any faster now that I was using the no reward marker at all. But the data showed something even more important. Tira was losing interest in our training sessions. Our sessions were getting shorter and shorter. Even though I wanted to see my training improve using this new technique, the actual data showed something very different. So books, articles, and even online discussions and resources were having an effect on how I could fool myself when training my dog. And just when you might think I couldn't find any more ways to fool myself, well, I did. I went to dog training classes. Even the most skilled and well-intentioned instructors have no control over what I could do with their advice and instruction. When the person running the class tells you that if you do thing A, that it will get your dog to do response B, well, it's pretty likely that you're going to keep an eye out and try to see any sign of response B. To be sure, I didn't always have my fool me glasses on, and I was able to learn a lot from these training classes. But it was a challenge for me not to get too caught up in outside influences and how they affected what I thought I was seeing in my dog's behavior. It's good to have classmates who can observe what you're doing and offer you their insights as to what they see. But even that can have a downside. Everyone goes to dog training classes to succeed. And when things go wrong, I sometimes found myself drowning in a flood of ideas from instructors and classmates. Everyone seemed to have some idea about how I could make it work and get my dog to do the behavior I wanted. It's a kind of pressure that all of us are familiar with. It's something that psychologists call social conformity, a built-in human drive to fit in with the group. And when the group is trying to be encouraging and they tell you that it's working, well, sometimes you just go along with them. Fairly early in training with my dog, I ran into a conflict. The classes I was attending and the books I was reading didn't quite line up in how they explained how and why certain training techniques worked. I grew frustrated, and it was clear that it was better for me and the instructors if I took my questions and confusion elsewhere. After all, no one wants to be the disruptive influence in a group. So, when Tira was about a year and a half old, I left all training classes and seminars behind. I continued my training using videos that I recorded of our training and occasional input from trusted friends who were also dog trainers. More than ten years after that decision to leave formal classes behind, I can't tell you that I have achieved superior results compared to others who continued in dog training classes. What I can tell you is that I learned a tremendous amount about dogs, about behavior, about training methods, and mostly about myself. Without the easy answers available from others telling me what to see and what to pay attention to, I was forced to find things out for myself. Hours of watching video of myself with my dog in training sessions and in actual performance helped me to focus on the one source of information that I could absolutely trust. My dog. Remember my agility example at the beginning? Well... It took me more than two hours of watching video of Tira running over those two jumps and turning left into the tunnel before I recognized what was happening. Tira was simply reading my body language differently than I thought she was. She was watching my shoulders, not my arm as I had assumed. While my arm was pointing clearly at the jump ahead, my shoulders had rotated and they were pointing clearly at the tunnel. Once I saw it, it became Obvious. You could say, I finally saw my own invisible gorilla. It changed how I approached directing her on agility courses from that point on, and it was just one of many examples I could give you where a dog showed me by their behavior what they were learning, regardless of what I thought I was teaching them. How do you fool a dog trainer? Well, it seems that you don't have to because we often do a great job of it all on our own. This was just a short list of my own learning curve. Rest assured that there have been many other examples. What's important is that I learn to recognize my capacity for being fooled by what I think I see or what I want to see. I have developed strategies like writing things down or using video or asking another trainer to observe me without telling them what I'm trying to do or what I'm looking for all so that I can be sure that my dog is understanding what I'm trying to teach, so that I can become a better communicator for my dog. And I think that makes us both happier in the long run. If you enjoy these podcasts, why not drop by our website at caninenation.ca and you'll find dozens more to listen to. While you're at it, Perhaps click on the donate button and offer us a dollar or five or whatever you'd like to give to help support the podcast and help us keep the lights on. Or you can support the podcast by spreading the word on social media or leaving us a review on iTunes. I'd love to hear feedback from you about the podcast. If you have any comments, stories, or questions, you can email me at talk2 at caninenation.ca That's talk and the number 2 at CanineNation.ca. I look forward to your comments. Canine Nation is also on Facebook. You can find our Canine Nation page, where we post information about the latest articles, podcasts, and news about Canine Nation events. We also have a discussion group, the Canine Nation Forum. It's a place to discuss the podcast, the Canine Nation essays, life with dogs, and training our dogs or just to share some information we found around the Internet. Thank you for listening. I'd appreciate it if you'd share this with the dog people in your life. I guess that's all for now. Until next time, have fun with your dogs.